You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Alrighty, and we are coming in here. Guys, this is obviously Building the Broncos. It is Tuesday evening. We're running a couple minutes late. I uh, had to get the dog all situated in the kennel so the wife could go do whatever she wants to do. But uh, here we are. We're good to go. Welcome in, Carl. How you doing, buddy? You know, I'm doing doing pretty good today. Got a yeah. lot of home projects done and uh, just trying to trying to get everything caught up in the office because I was gone a lot last week. So yeah. uh, it's good to good to sit down and just get to talk some Bronco football now. I haven't got to chop, chat with anybody hardly since the game. So uh, I'm kind of excited to get to chop to actually – Talk through everything that we got to see out there on uh, Saturday against Minnesota. Yeah, I got to exercise some of those demons this morning with uh, Scott. But uh, yeah, no, man, I'm excited. It's obviously a lot of good things going on. It sounds like today's practice was a little bit rough um, for everybody involved in the offensive side of the ball. But we'll get into it. Uh, it's not a big deal. Well, I mean, it's one practice, right? We're not going to be yep. here to be. A, I, I personally am not very a sensationalist, if you will, Uh Carl, but uh, let's get into it here. Obviously, guys, this is uh, Building the Broncos. You can find Carl and myself on Twitter, uh, myself at Nick Kendall, MHH, and Carl at Carl Dumbler, MHH. While you guys are over on Twitter, make sure you follow us at BTB Football Pod, as well as, of course, at Mile High Huddle. Facebook, folks, I'm talking to you right now. First off, we don't have any Facebook likes or hearts or care reacts or wow reacts or angry reacts or sad reacts yet. Somebody do me a favor over on Facebook. Please click the thumbs up. Give us a reaction. Smash that like button, as we like to say, so I can give you a call out. It's it's free publicity. You know, it's it's free space. Why wouldn't you use it? Um, so uh, make sure you click the thumbs up if you're joining us today on Facebook or hit the react. Uh, for everybody else joining us on Facebook today, make sure you go to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle. Become a supporter today. Also go to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. Uh, YouTube folks. Also, if you're joining us on YouTube today, that's probably our our main area of subscribers and listeners. Um, If you're joining us today, subscribe, like, and share if you're joining us on YouTube Um, and uh, hit the note reacts. And also anybody who are the notifications, also anybody joining us on uh, YouTube, iTunes, anything like that today, make sure you leave a comment. Uh, Those help a lot reviews, et cetera, et cetera. Cause we are, we're, I mean, gosh, the season is what, like two weeks away, one week away. So uh, excited to get, I mean, it's going to be here before you know it. Um, I feel like what, I'm st- I need to start counting sleeps like uh, kids do for Christmas. And here we go. We got a heart coming in from Ken Booker. Yeah, the call, call of action. Two two likes now. Here we go. Roger Gutke coming in there. So thanks, guys, over on uh, Facebook side of things. And uh, let's say hello to the chat. Everybody come in. Robert Kitchens, first, go Broncos. Thank you very much, Robert. We also got Diamond Rattler coming in here. I wonder if he's a Spencer Rattler fan or if that's just kind of a uh, hmm. just serendipity there. Um, Mike giving us um, some... Uh, definitions today i'm gonna to start calling him oxford mike how you doing good to see you um we got uh funny um phil Milani, eric said the exact opposite said that Locke was clear winner in today's practice especially in the two minute drill um don't know exactly what you're talking about there but uh, we're gonna get here luke um on here at some point so uh, we'll get into it um and luke is legit there we go that's right um we got cameron mora coming in here saying let's go D Browns and I love Teddy, but we need someone who could throw that 60, that ball 60 yards. Honestly need somebody just to run the offense and get it to the playmakers. That's what's good. Um, whatever happened. I haven't seen anywhere on whatever happened. I haven't seen this anywhere on Twitter. Oh, um, we'll get into it here. I, I want to hear from Luke firsthand. Cause he was there before I really get into it. I know that there was a, uh, if you're talking about the title, 
Um, there was an exchange between uh, Shermer and Drew Locke. How heated it got or anything, um, I'm going to trust the guy with the eyeballs in there, but uh, we'll, we'll yeah. get into that for sure. And, um, and William, I will say, just I saw a couple people saying that they've only seen Mile High Huddle be the place to say it happened. I've seen uh, the big radio station there, a couple of their writers or broadcasters or whatever talked about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach Sagers uh, over at uh, Mile High Sports, he talked about it. Yeah. So, I mean... It, it's out there. It happened. How big it is, probably not a whole lot. I mean, it happens. Anybody that's been in sports for any kind of period of time, they've had a coach yell at them at some point. It just, it happens, and and it can make them better. So, I like I said, I, I don't think we're going to make too much of it, but it is something to talk about. For sure. And we got Aaron Lynch coming in today. Well, shoots, I made another live stream. Things are looking up. Uh, thank you very much, Aaron, for joining us today. Great to see. Um, we have Joe Brewer saying, uh, Cliss said Drew won, so who do we believe? Um, I'm not sure exactly what we're getting into there with in regards to that, but that's okay. We'll get into it, I'm sure. Mike S., what's up, Broncos country? Good to see you. I always love Mike S. coming in. How is how's, uh, Bama going to be this year for Mike or for, your, for you, Mike S.? Let us know. Um, I'm very curious about that. Uh, we got James Payne's in the house. Good to see. Uh, obviously, D. Brown is still here. Kenneth, uh, Kenneth Patterson. Um, also read Luke won the day. So let's see what Luke says. Lock won the day. Um, Dennis Woods, Dennis, good to see you. Anybody know if NFL network is going to broadcast the game Saturday, Carl chat, anybody know? I, I think they are. I think cause they're such a late game. I think they're the game that's going to be advertised. Okay. I that think. makes a lot of sense. And Dennis coming in again, I'm in Michigan. So I suppose I have to watch the Seattle feed, but at least I'll get to watch it. And, uh, you know, there you go. Amen to that. It's uh, muted, right? That's it's really the film that's uh, the most interesting part there. Jay Roper's in the house. Good to see you, Jay. It's been a hot second. EJ's here as well. Uh, King of all lions. You, what's up? You, what's up to you, King of all lions? Goofy's in the house too. Uh, Nick, I thought Carl fired you from building the Broncos. He's tried many times. He's tried. No, <laughs> Demise's in the house too. KB82 in the shop of Willie. Willie man, exercise the demons with Scott. Scott is the demon. Oh, Willie. Willie, Scott loves you. It's a, it's a love-hate going on there. We got in Twitch, Bryce Mindset. Good evening, Broncos country. Good to see you over on Twitch. Uh, Christopher's in the house. Kane Dawson, been a hot second. Kane, how you doing? Howdy, good to see you. Awesome to see you. Oh, man, this, the chat just jumped on me. Here we go. Um, I demand a Nick Kendall shirt that simply says, yeah, no, if MHH doesn't make it, I will. That's a very much a, uh, a Midwest jargon. Um, so, um, I, you know, yeah, no, just like acknowledging what somebody said and then turning the other way, yep. Robert kitchens saying, I think Nick is the smartest reporter at MHH. Well, at least I'm the trickiest. Cause I don't believe that for a hot second, but, uh, you know, I I'm, I'm tricking some people out there. I'm more like jewel the fool. Tell him Mike, good to see you. Jim Fox <laughs> in the house. Alexander's in the house. Mike Givens. Good evening, Nick and Carl. Uh, great to see Don Olson in Elway's first couple of years, he was constantly on the run, throwing interceptions, living up behind the guard instead of lining up behind the guard instead of the center. Woody started calling him Biff Elwood. Then Elway got it and he became a legend. Uh, Thank you for the uh, trip down memory road. But uh, before that, Elway was the number one overall pick and considered the best quarterback prospect of all time. So that's part of the legend as well, right? He didn't come out of nowhere um, in that regard. He wasn't a second or third round pick or anything like that. Lori. Oh my God, Lori. I love 
Lori. Uh, we go way back um, and then in that group with Travis Weber as well, who always likes to join. And uh, Lori, tell uh, Gracie, I said hello. Um, that'd be great. She's she's a bundle of joy. Gary Leeds Palmer, hello, Broncos country. Hey, Nick and Carl. Larry's in the house. Clee's in the house too dang late, except I expect the show to start at 730. Not with the Nick. <laughs> Nick is on time. And Stephen Tobacco in the house as well. Good evening, fellas. Glad to join. And speaking of glad to joining us today, man, we had a lot of people in here today. We appreciate it. But let's get to him. I know he's busy. Um, boom, boom. Luke Patterson joining us from on location in beautiful God's country, Colorado. Uh, Luke, how you doing today? Looks like maybe you got a little sun. What's go? What's going on? All yeah, live man. Yeah, yeah. It was a hot day here in Denver in the Mile High City. It was cooking. We had a uh, a day where you could actually see the mountains. I know those smoke fires up there in Oregon. You know all about that, Nick. It's absolutely awful. Any day you could get some decent air quality and football, and it was awful football today. We'll get into that in a second. I'm still going to take that as a good day. Yeah, maybe um, instead of the air quality being suffocating, maybe some suffocating defense down there in Denver as well. Uh, obviously, not to make too much of a joke, because a lot of people are having a hard time with the, the air quality. But Luke, um, yeah. you said it was a rough day. Um, a lot of people calling us out in the chat with the title or whatnot, saying um, Shermer and Locke kind of got into it, or Shermer laid into Locke. I'm curious, you were boots on the ground. What did you see? Talk me through it, because I knew that there was some sort of minor level altercation, but what led to it? What came from it? Yeah, so it was really interesting, Carl and Nick, to try to gauge Broncos country's level of interest this morning. I was expecting to see a huge crowd after the exciting game that we saw with the Minnesota Vikings, but that wasn't the case. I did talk to some former Broncos I was sitting next to, and they said, man, it's been like this every year. Kids are going back to school. Uh, parents are going back to work. These sort of things happen, so I'm not going to overreact to you know thousands of fans missing at the, on the hill on a Tuesday afternoon. Uh, so I want to get that out of the way, first of all. But a ho-hum day. I've said this for six, seven shows now. I mean, I was expecting the Denver Broncos on offense and defense to come out with some energy, to come out with some juice, maybe fill themselves a little bit. Um, and that wasn't the case. Practice felt flat, extremely flat. Mm -hmm. um, in my article I just wrote on milehighhuddle.com, I said that Drew Locke had a terrible day. Well, you know what? That doesn't mean that Teddy Bridgewater didn't have a terrible day either because he certainly did as well. But the confrontation that you're alluding to, Nick, I saw it for myself, eyes on Pat Shermer and Drew Locke. It was a seven-on-seven -seven drill in which Drew Locke demonstrated once again that he hangs on to the ball way too long. We're talking one, two, three, four, five, six Mississippi fellas, and today they were not just blowing the play dead. So some of those plays that we count as sacks when we're typing up our notes or writing things down – they kind of let him go on today, and Drew Locke eventually checked down to Javante Williams, and Pat Shermer wasn't having it. Uh, Pat Shermer, who's very quiet and subdued and some might call boring <laughs> in the press conferences, was very frustrated and very angry, and I can't report what I heard or anything like that because that goes against NFL policy, but uh, let's just say that loud voices were being exchanged between Drew Locke and Pat Shermer. Um, am I going to overreact to it right now? No, not necessarily because it's good to see Pat Shermer have some emotion. Yeah. I understand that Drew Locke wasn't having a good practice. Neither was Teddy Bridgewater, but it was bizarre. Anytime a player gets pulled from a drill to get coached, or to get chewed at 
it's a bad thing. And we can dress it any way we want. Uh, Teddy was going to come in for the next series. No, he wasn't. I watched it for myself. Teddy already took those reps. And then Teddy's tapping Drew saying, hey, I'm in. You're out. You better go talk to coach. And uh, Drew Locke's trying to figure out what's going on, sticking up for himself with Pat Shermer, which he should. I've said continually on MHI and on building the Broncos every Tuesday at 6 p.m. There's your plug uh, <laughs> that, you know, Pat Shermer is always taking the bus and driving over Drew Locke. He did it plenty last year. And I think Drew Locke, he's probably had enough of it as well, voicing some of his frustrations to the offensive coordinator as well. Can you tell us any specifics that from the play call or the design that would have led to this? Was it because he didn't get to the check down soon enough or what was yeah, going on in the play? That's exactly that led to it. Yeah, that's exactly it. So it looked like Drew Locke went through his his full progressions, but um, you know, not being able to watch replay, it's hard for me to say if yeah. every single one of his options was covered. But today he's just done a lot of the same things. Nick, he likes to hang on to that ball and roll to the right when he's in shotgun. Now, when he was in play action against the Minnesota Vikings, we saw the Drew Locke that we know can have success in the NFL. And that's all good and fine because the Denver Broncos, specifically Pat Shermer, established the run. But what happens when the run has not been established, when you're having a hard day? What happens when you are behind on the scoreboard and you have got to throw the ball out of empty sets, 11 personnel, 10 personnel? I would also argue those aren't the only formational sets that Pat Shermer could use for Drew Locke to have some success. But I think Pat Shermer definitely saw today as a step back for Drew Locke after having a stellar performance against the Minnesota Vikings. So Drew was not getting rid of the ball quick enough. He was not going through his reads quick enough, and he's got to let that ball rip, man. I was going to ask you, now on the flip side of that, a lot of people are talking about Teddy being pretty inaccurate today. A lot of behind throws that receivers are having to reach back, try to get it, slow down. Yeah. Just, uh, I mean, like I said, neither quarterback really had a good day. So trying to pick a winner is like picking between two turds and saying this one looks better, you know? Kind yeah, of thing. yeah, this so. one, yeah, this one's got sprinkles on it today. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> no, you're exactly right, Carl. And and both of these quarterbacks played poor. And then what? Forty eight hours before, they both played great uh, with yep. limited sample size. So it's bizarre. Understanding things are within context, as Nick and Carl, you both like to point out something that's so important when we analyze football. I understand the Broncos were going against the twos and the threes, but that does not mean I'm going to take away from their success and their hard work against the Minnesota Vikings. Drew Locke played a phenomenal game, but Teddy Bridgewater played a great game. When when is one of these quarterbacks gonna when are one of these quarterbacks going to put together multiple days? Whether that be a game in practice, whether it be two practices, three practices, it's just not happening. And when you start to foreshadow a little bit what's going to happen with Seattle, this is going to be the last chance that we see arguably the starting unit for the Broncos, uh, specifically on offense. The starting five, I know Lloyd Cushenberry was in way too long, if you ask me. I get he's a young guy, Vic, but good Lord, he's also your starting center. Don't be playing him into the third quarter. Um, this is going to reveal it all. Drew Locke has to clean up his game tomorrow. Otherwise, I think Vic Fangio and, and Pat Shermer could punish him a little bit and give Brett Rippon those red zone reps, something that he's done before. Now, I'm not saying that's what I would do. I'm not saying that I agree with it. I'm simply reporting what I see and the trends that I think could happen. I expect Drew Locke to come out tomorrow and have a better camp because every day that he's he's had a bad one, he's recovered. But then vice versa with Teddy. Uh, Carl, you said it best. Inaccurate. 
that's how you could describe Teddy today. Boring. He's overthrowing receivers. He's underthrowing receivers. Um, some receivers are just straight, straight quitting on the quarterbacks, if we're being honest. I counted, I think, seven dropped balls. Um, and that's me being generous at practice today. That's from, not from Jerry Judy. No one panic or at me, bro, or anything like that. Um, but the receivers definitely inherited that dull energy that they got from their quarterbacks today. So it was really, really frustrating. And uh, cheers to anybody that was on the Hill today because you guys deserve a, a trophy or a medal. It was an abysmal practice, fellas. I think going through my article, obviously Baron Browning returned. I was very excited to see him. Uh, you're seeing Albert Okuwebunam having a decent camp as well. But outside of that, guys, Brandon McManus, he's your silver lining of the day. Uh, I, mean, I mean, it's it's terrible. I don't know if the Broncos think that they arrived or if they just took the day off. I wanted to get to this question because I figured let's get some good talk going here. You know, yeah, I know it's, it can be down going on some of those things. But we got Kane Dawson with a, a five dollar super here. Thanks, Kate. And uh, it's, he says, it's good to see how some of these middle and late round draft picks are performing better than their draft status so far, especially Caden Stearns. You know, watching that game there on Saturday, you saw a lot of guys really step up that were some of the young guys back into the roster. Uh, PJ Locke loved what he showed on film. Caden Stearns did a great job. Uh, you got Jonathan Cooper, made Mints getting a sack. Looking really good there. Uh, you know, Moody Did, from last draft, you know, he had himself some some very nice blocks throughout that game. Uh, I, I guess, did, did you see anything today or even just comment there on, on Saturday's game of what you're really seeing with some of these late round rookie or second year players that are really stepping up for this roster? Yeah, well, congratulations to Vaughn Miller, who missed practice today, becoming a father. So uh, Vaughn was out today. Bradley Chubb was in. Obviously, they're keeping Bradley Chubb on, on that snap count still. So what does that mean? That means you see a lot of Jonathan Cooper. You talked about him, Carl. I like the Ohio State Buckeye quite a bit, but he is young and he is raw. Uh, there were a couple times earlier in camp I've seen Garrett Bowles absolutely dominate him and put him on his back and kind of give him that welcome to the NFL rookie moment. Uh, I like Jonathan Cooper's potential. He's got a high motor. He's got great leverage. I like the way he plays with his pad level, and he's very technically sound when it comes to uh, holding that edge. Derek Tuska, he's a great story. I love talking to him down at the Shrine game a couple years ago. I am extremely concerned about the depth of edge rusher for the Denver Broncos right now. Derek Tuska is a little light for me on the yeah. edge, uh, yeah. and that's something that the left tackles and the right tackles he's going against, and they're flipping sides, guys, which is something that's cool. Um, I like to see Jonathan Cooper and Derek Tuska a little bit use some versatility, try to see where they can get those favorable matchups, but Playing so light is definitely a detriment to Derek Tuska. I thought Josh Watson on the inside linebacker had a really tough day against the Minnesota Vikings, which completely opens the door back up for Josie Jewell, who did return today. Uh, it was good to see him at practice. And then what can we say about Justin Sternett? I know somewhere Lance Sanderson is smiling big right now because that young man has been flying all over the field as well. Anytime you looked up, guys, you saw number 30, Caden Stearns, or number 40, Justin Sternad. And I'm still trying to get used to number 30 on the defense, uh, but it was certainly cool to see. I think it's a foreshadowing of things to come next year, potentially Justin Simmons and Caden Stearns. You get that 30-31 matchup, 
Kareem Jackson's likely on his way out. And then I would be remiss if I did not talk about Trinity Benson. I uh, wrote up a piece a couple days ago on mahahuddle.com talking about how I think he's coming for Deontay Spencer's job. Uh, Deontay Spencer, for me, is a one-dimensional player. He's a returner. I know he's the, got that Pro Bowl nod, and he's had a heck of a story coming from the CFL and things like that. But Trinity Benson, outside of Jerry Judy, has been one of the most consistent wide receivers day in and day out. Yeah, right. no, totally. Um, I guess the last thing I want to say here before you get on out, you're talking about the practices not being so good. I'm just really happy that what the Broncos country majority got to witness was that Vikings game where both Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater had good games because I know that the practices have not reportedly not been as good. So uh, might as well lean into that positivity. And do you think well, there's anything to that with like um, part of that being the Vikings defense, according to the athletic was the number one in football this year, the Broncos number two. And you didn't see that to, to such an extent with the preseason game because the Vikings were not playing their starters, but in practice, both uh, Broncos against Vikings and Broncos against Broncos, you're going up against some phenomenal defensive talent. Yeah, absolutely. Talent galore. And, and the defense looks really, really good. They look really, really strong. Um, I'm, I'm totally blanking on the name. I think it's Shamar Stevenson, number big number 99 defensive lineman. Steven. Yeah. Oh, okay. He got some run today, guys, with the number good. ones. And he had a really good preseason game against the Vikings. Went back, watched mm-hmm. film last night. So uh, you're starting to see Vic and Ed reward guys a little bit for some of the efforts that they're seeing uh Vic obviously you got to gain his trust right if you're a young guy that's something that he has continually told us so uh the one last thing I want to really mention with Drew Locke and I was really excited to see it it wasn't so much his performance on the field because he's he did everything that I know he can do on the field it was his Mm -hmm. maturity on the bench in the interviews, the way that he was conducting himself, things that I've dogged on him for. I haven't gone full Colin Cowherd, but when you see Teddy Bridgewater on the on the iPad talking with Drew, when you see Drew with the earpiece in listening to the play, Drew Locke was not just sitting around yucking it up with the fellas. I think he's truly matured as a quarterback, and he has got to bounce back tomorrow, guys. It's plain and simple. I think that even though the fan base sees it as a clear-cut winner with Drew Locke because he has that high ceiling, I'm telling you, I think Vic Fangio wants to go Teddy Bridgewater his revelations in game interviews uh, when Rod Mackey is asking him, what do you think of your young quarterback throwing two touchdowns? First thing he says, Teddy's playing well too. So I think it's really split right now when it comes to the coaching staff and whether or not Pat Shermer's influence in regards to the little dust up with Drew Locke, what ramifications they'll have. I'm not sure. I'm really curious to see. And if I could get the chance, I would love to ask the question tomorrow because that's what's on everybody's mind. No one asked Vic Fangio about that today. Absolutely nobody. It drives me crazy. We know that offensive coordinator Pat Shermer will be on the mic tomorrow, just like defensive coordinator Ed Donatel. I am hoping that someone asks him, what was the deal with Drew getting pulled? Well, there you go, Luke. I know you're a busy guy, so we'll get you on out of here. Thank you very much for, gosh, everything you've done with camp so far. And really good to see you uh, hop on here and talk a little bit of football. Miss you. Keep up the good work, and we'll talk again very soon. Yeah, man. I appreciate you guys. Thanks, Carl. Thanks, Nick. Broncos country. Be sure to get at Building the Broncos every Tuesday night, 6 p.m. Make sure to check in at Mile High Huddle, milehighhuddle.com. All right. You guys heard it there. And also, um, while we're doing this little transition here, want to have the uh, 
the boss man behind the scenes, pull up the Facebook ranking uh, to show the leaderboard for our Von Miller Jersey stars goal. So uh, guys, just so you know, this is to incentivize you and let you know that uh, the leaders in the stars are going to get a Von Miller uh, Jersey. So uh, that's awesome. And we see Stu McPeak, the one, the only lead in there, but we also got uh, Michael Ronquillo's close and uh, Howie, uh, Howie Day and Travis Weber and Andrew Lampy. So all these people that uh, very helpful, um, great. Uh, so you guys are great. And the more stars you put in, uh, the higher your chances to win the raffle off. Also Gary leads Palmer, Sean Miller, Travis Tarbox, Andrew Brake, uh, Baker and Claude Riley. So, uh, guys get those stars in and obviously, uh, Von Miller just got himself a new present with his child being born, but you can get yourself a Von Miller present if you guys uh, pile up those uh, pile up those stars on Facebook. Um, but coming over on YouTube right now, Aaron Lynch, $10 super say, Nick, have a Bodie on me. Carl and Luke love you boys as well. You're welcome to join Nick and I, Nick and I in the Pacific Northwest. There you go. Once the smoke clears uh, first rounds of suds on me, Sco Broncos. Um, there is a Broncos uh, bar uh, pretty close to me. So that I, that I will be attending at least a few times this off season. So uh, look, look for us there. Um, we also got uh, top star senders coming on here. Um, we got Andrew Lampy, Gary Leeds Palmer, Travis Tarbox, and Michael Ronquillo. Uh, thank you very much, guys. Uh, that helps so much. Um, also, thanks, uh, Chad, for pulling that up behind the scenes, uh, doing the producer wearing many hats. Uh, Chad's going to hop on here and rock a guitar solo. He's just holding his guitar in the back scenes there, so he's walking away. <laughs> he's laughing. Um, but the, Andrew Morrow coming in here. Uh, going to the game there in Seattle, Nick. Uh, what does it take for a QB battle to end before the last preseason game and for fantasy Sutton or Judy? Um, I do not have tickets for the game. I will be somewhere deep in the Olympic peninsula, uh, this weekend. So, uh, don't, uh, don't miss me too much guys. I'll definitely be getting tickets for the regular season game, uh, in 2022. Um, as far as that, uh, the next question goes, what does it take for the quarterback battle to end before the last preseason game? You just need, in my opinion, you just need drew lock, not having a bad game. If it's close at all, even if Teddy's better in this next game, slightly better, I think Locke wins. I think it's it's trending that way. It's been close enough throughout the whole thing um, that I think you have to give the tie to the younger guy with more uh, tools and more years of control. Uh, so that's where I'm leaning. Um, as far as fantasy goes, probably Judy uh, this season. Yeah, with Sutton recovering from his injury, I think he's going to have a few weeks of really kind of getting into the flow of the NFL season. It's just going to take him time to really trust that knee and to uh, just get get his feet underneath him. So Mm -hmm. I'd go Judy as well, especially early on in the season. And I think Judy seems to be getting a connection with both quarterbacks. You know, we said before training camp started, if um, you know Jerry Judy's going to have a better season, if Drew Locke wins the job, Cortland Sutton's going to have the better season. Well, now he's getting that connection with both guys, and uh, it's easy to see that. The Jerry Judy is just going to explode onto the scene this season. I mean, it's hard not to see that. Uh, just even his one catch in this past game. I mean, <laughs> he he turned like a 10-yard play into about a 30-yard play. And yeah. uh, so that, that's what you got to love to see. And it's what gets me excited about this offense heading into this season. Yeah, no, absolutely. You got Michael in the house too. Good evening, Carl and Nick and Luke. Good evening, Greg Smith and Broncos country. Go Broncos. Thank you very much for the stars, Michael. We got Mr. Steely in here. I don't know if you watch Rick and Morty there, Carl, but maybe you're a little bit old for that compared to me. Who's 10 years old at heart. Um, will Seattle and Denver have joint practices? Uh, no, that would have already been happening right now. So, uh, not happening. Travis Weber's in the house. Good evening, Nick and Carl and Broncos country. Uh, here we go from robot of doom five. Uh, could Drew being pulled a good sign actually because Pat wants Locke to succeed? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
there, there's times where, where you see coaches coach harder on players they know can be greater. And, and, and so they're just trying to let them know, I care this much about you that I'm going to be hard on you. And, uh, and so I, I do think that could very much be the case. And, and maybe this is one of those practices, you know, taking those sacks, holding on to the ball for five, six seconds, just need to kind of give a shock to the system for Drew Locke. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, like I said, I, I wasn't there a part of the conversation. It could be good, could be bad. Uh, I, I'm not going to read really all that much into it. It's one practice. It was bad practice for both guys. Uh, you know, Drew Locke made probably the better throws from everything I've read, um, but he also took a lot more sacks. So it, it just kind of balances out to where, where both guys, like I said, had bad days, um, kind of depending on how you view it of either bad throws or taking sacks, which one's worse. They're both not good. So <laughs> that's where I'm at with that. But we got Andrew Baker saying, what's up, Nick and Carl and Luke? Hashtag MHH for life. Love the first game and Locke did great. But hey, all this Teddy was boring BS is BS. He actually looked like a quarterback who knows where to go. And we haven't had that for years. Yeah, I, I think this is one of those things. It doesn't take away from the other quarterback to say the other quarterback did good. So, like, both guys had good games. Both guys made good throws, good decisions throughout. Uh, you know, I, I, there's a couple decisions that Teddy Bridgewater made that I wasn't quite understanding. Uh, the one where he threw it to the tight end short. He had the, the next level guy was was actually more open and could have been a bigger play. I thought he should have gone to that one. I thought he took the the too safe of a choice. There's a couple throws that he made were not always the best decision. Uh, Drew Locke, one bad throw that I really thought, the, the one towards the sideline where they ended up getting an offsides penalty that got him a first anyway. That was the only time that I didn't see him really set his feet and really point his throw to where it needs to go. And, and you saw where the accuracy fell off with that throw. Should have been an easy throw for him. Um, but otherwise, I mean, th- that's being nitpicky when you have to get nitpicky to, yeah. to really get into that kind of thing. Uh, otherwise it was great games for both guys. And, uh, it's good to see that both quarterbacks could take advantage of some great matchups. Yeah, absolutely. And we had uh, JC BYO coming in here. Why does every other reporter say that drew had a good day and has a bunch of tight window throws? Um, couldn't tell you, uh, what's going on there. I'm um, going off of Luke's word here for that one. Um, and once we get more into the regular season, preseason game, we're actually going to get more meaningful reps that will be the basis of analysis and judgment there. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and just to add to that, the big reports coming out of today was that it was not a great day for the Broncos offense. The quarterbacks were not spectacular um, from what I could pick up on. But the biggest story, I think, was the, the drops. People were dropping footballs left and right. Um, and I think that's the biggest one. So I would not put all of it on the quarterbacks uh, struggling today. A lot of plays were left on the field by the offense. Also, it sounded like Jonathan Cooper absolutely manhandled whatever offensive lineman he was going against, which great for a sixth-round pick, seventh-round pick. So uh, we'll see there. But I'm again, they, they are, if they were both bad today, if they were both great today, we're so far, we've had so much data with these practices so far that it's like, okay, is it going to move the needle that much? Uh, get me to Sunday. We'll talk about that Seattle game then. So we'll find out. Lord Deer, back to back today. He was joined us this morning as well. Um, north of the border there, Lord Deer, with the 699 Super saying team feeling a little full of themselves. Well, I hope not uh, because, man, they have proven diddly in the league so yeah. far. So, uh, you know, that's, well, uh, that's not what you want. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, it's always funny. The teams that do good in the preseason seem to do bad in the regular season. And the teams that do bad obviously do good. Big part of that is 
the top teams don't play a whole lot of their starters. They're looking more at the uh, 23 through 53 part of their roster and trying to figure out which guys fit into that. Uh, they're, they're not trying to have this kind of quarterback battle and young guys trying to see who's going to be able to play, who cannot play kind of thing. And uh, so it, it's why you kind of see it a little bit. And, and maybe they did get a little full of themselves after that game, maybe a little more relaxed on a practice. You know, it's hot. It, it's training camps kind of winding down. You're kind of tired of practicing against each other. There's a lot of reasons that that can kind of happen. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it affects them on a Saturday game. You know, if they come out flat, then they, they need to do something to amp things back up, to let them know this is not going to be okay. But uh, right now I'm not going to read too much into it from one bad practice from the offensive side, which means the defense had a great day. So you can kind of read into that how you want. One person does bad. One person has to do good. Yep. Absolutely. And sorry, we're trying to have the conversation here and not lose any of the supers, but uh, we apparently just got spammed by uh, somebody. So block those users. Um, sorry, I'm late. Love you guys. Thank you very much, Dave. Good to see you. And hopefully we didn't lose any super chats um, with the spamming that was going on. Um, Tommy coming in. I need Drew to win out the starting jobs so that Bridgewater jersey goes for cheap. Uh, hailing from Bridgewater, Virginia, Virginia, it will be my lawn party jersey. There you go, Tommy. That's that's some thinking outside the box. That's some high quality thrifting going on there. I'm all about that. Um, Willie, come on, Willie. Let's let's do it. Uh, da, 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 da. But yeah, Carl, let's talk a little bit. Yeah, seriously, the spam bots came out. Came, come on, absolutely annoying. Um, they're blocked now. Hopefully, they're not coming on now. Um, so yeah, Carl, let's talk a little bit. Uh, who do you think might win, Nick and Carl, King of Lions? Carl, right now, you've been talking about it. Where are you leaning right now, based on everything you know? I'm I'm leaning towards Drew. I mean, I did think he had the better game. I thought he made some better decisions. I loved the footwork that I saw from him other than that one throw. He looked comfortable in the pocket, wasn't doing the the drifting side of things. That, that's what I kept saying is I know he the mechanics were looking a lot better in practice. I wanted to see when he could get hit. Does he start doing his drifting? Does he start going back to his old ways? Now, he hasn't taken a big hit yet. So I, I do want to see that. And I also want to see how does he do when it's not play action? Because that that was his bigger struggle. We always knew play action he was great at. He could always do well with that. The Broncos have a great play action game. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just want to see maybe them decide, let's not do any play action in this next game and see how these quarterbacks handle it. That, that's what I'd like to see. Just, just put them in their most uncomfortable positions and see if they can rise to the occasion. Yeah, no, that's... That's the thing about those preseason games, right? Like we're making a big deal of Locke showing well, which was he did, but it was one and a half quarters and five completions, you know? So like how much data is that actually also the Vikings not playing front seven players, the defensive play calls that they were doing were as basic as it gets, you know, rush four, drop seven. Uh, I had to make sure my math was right there, um, you know, but that's all we can go off of right now. So it was positive. But it's not like it over that one and a half quarters of film overcomes or uh, overlaps everything that we've gathered last year from Locke. Now that doesn't mean I'm expecting him to be as poor as it was last year, but still, he has he has probably you know six to ten games to go before we were more comfortable with saying what he has become, how much he's grown, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we got Harry Burgos coming in here with the ten dollars super over on YouTube, saying, "Have you guys seen the running back Adrian Killings Killings highlight reel? I think he'll make the team. Speed sub packages would be exciting. Um, he definitely has a chance to make the team uh, with Bellamy's injury. But that being said, if he, the thing is, 
if he were still available right now, the Broncos would just sign him. Every single team has had a chance to sign him for a long time, right? So the, the odds of him making the team, I'm a little bit skeptical. I think he's probably holding on there and maybe something can happen. But uh, until Mike Boone is back, um, this guy's probably going to be the one on the chopping block when that happens. Yeah, this laid into training camp. If, if they're bringing you in, they're hoping maybe you can make the tra- the practice squad. That mm-hmm. if an injury happens, maybe you can develop him into something more for the next season. Uh, those kind of things. I, I have a hard time seeing him make this roster. You know, Royce Freeman looked good in that last game. Obviously, uh, our, our new rookie second round pick Williams, he looked good. Um, and and I think they have enough guys that, at at the special teams positions of returners and all those kind of things that they like. I mean, Benson did did good. He had a good return there. Uh, obviously, you still have Deontay Spencer that you can have on the team. So I think they've got plenty in that area. I think this is more of a 2022 kind of look. Maybe this guy can turn into something for you then. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, thank you very much for the super chat, Harry. Uh, we appreciate it a heck of a lot um, for supporting us and keeping the lights on. I saw that uh, Jeremy was saying, we get, let's get some more Nick and Carl in here. The only way that's happening is if uh, we get some people like Harry coming in here and supporting the show like he's doing right here. So uh, thank you very much, Harry. Um, anything else from today's practice, Carl, that stood out to you? I know that uh, Patrick Sertan got hurt. Um, Josie Jewel is back in action, but it did sound like Stranod was still getting a lot of the first team reps when it came to the defense. Now, maybe that's inching Jewel back in uh, slowly, but I think there maybe is going to be more, there's going to be more Stranod in this uh in this team's rotation defensively than probably expected early on in training camp. Yeah. So let me ask you this because I saw this question earlier and I thought it was interesting. And I guess because you just named my player that I would put in this spot, um, who was that surprise cut this year? And I, I, yeah. And I, I love Josie jewel. I am probably one of his biggest fans out there. I think, you know, I think he's one of the more underrated players on the team. But with Stranod looking pretty good in the preseason, uh, looking pretty good in, in training camp, still getting those first team reps, probably being the the better coverage guy of the three linebackers that we're talking about. Could Josie Jewell be that guy that maybe they're looking to to trade? To I, I don't see them cutting him because he's cheap. But if a team calls and says, "Hey, we'd really like Josie Jewell," I can see the team listening to that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, he's one that could be on that list uh, for moving, uh, movement. Could also see the Broncos. I know a lot of people are saying uh, don't do it uh, because we have depth in these areas, but if somebody's offering you a round three pick or some something in the top like 150 for the likes of uh, definitely more than that for like Tim Patrick, Bryce Callahan, maybe one of those guards as well, but you're listening, right? And those are things that you're putting in the inroads now for let's say the Broncos knock on wood, two and six, three and five. Um, then you have a chance to move some of those guys and then uh, propel somebody like Trinity Benson, somebody like Contain Moody, somebody like uh, Michael Ojemudia to more starting ro- uh, starting snaps because you're evaluating those guys and hopefully developing them for the future. But I could see something like that. Also, you can save a lot of money by moving on from some of those guys as well. This is a team that's trying to win right now for the coaching staff, but definitely interesting to think about. In the shop with Willie saying, thought you needed to hear equestrian uh, rooster padlock, perfect rating. Um you know, it's uh, is what it is. I think if this was a Madden, they wouldn't even calculate because there's not enough attempts to meet the threshold. But um, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll take it. Yeah. Um, we got Mo Ron coming in saying, "I wish you guys had a show every night, not just Tuesday." Thanks, Nick, Carl, and Scott. Uh, thank you, Mo. Uh, we appreciate it. It's very nice of yep. you to say. Um, 
I don't know how our uh, significant others would feel about a nightly show, but um, <laughs> Carl, I'd, I'd, it'd be good to see you every night. Yeah, it, it would. It would. <laughs> it'd like be nice. Uh, my wife has been gone for a week and uh, she got home last night and I saw her for about five minutes and then she had to go straight to work this morning. And so I got to see her for five minutes when she got off mm-hmm. from that. And she's like, do you really have to do your show tonight? And uh, I was like, yeah, I got to go see Nick, of course. And, and of course, our chat as well. Yeah. But uh, no, it, I love this show. I always look forward to Tuesday nights here, getting a chance to talk with Nick and everybody else that's in the chat. Uh, it, it's always a, a great time. And, and we really do appreciate you all joining us every Tuesday. I mean, we've got over 300 people watching here live. I mean, that, that's just, that's awesome to see. And uh, just I, like I said, I always look forward to this. And it just, it, it's a lot of fun. This hour goes by so fast. It always does. I mean, we're already at 40 minutes. Um, so let's let's keep at it here. Knows the grindstone. Jay knows a thing or two about that. Whatever the heck that means. Um, if you're if you are Peyton, uh, do you start to think about the future and develop a plan to scout the next class of quarterbacks soon based on what he's seen so far? Uh, they were probably going to do that regardless of what he's seen so far, because what he's seen means peanuts compared to the accumulation of data and the tape in the regular season going against different uh, different opponents. Right. You're not winning games. Uh, based on the outcome of practice. Now that goes into winning football games, but that's not the wins or losses. Um, so they already have a plan for their scouts, well, who they're going to highlight, who they're going to go see, uh, what regional scouts are going to highlight, what areas. So uh, definitely something to look into. And we also going to look at our top star senders now, speaking about sending people places. Travis Tarbox coming in with 1,200. Andrew Lampy with 800 today. Gary Leeds Palmer with 500. Andrew Baker with 490 and Michael Ronquillo with 350. Uh, shout out to all you guys. Uh, thank you so much. Oh, we also got Howie freaking day uh, 200 coming in here. Um, thank you guys so much uh, for the support um, with the Facebook stars. And remember, if you keep doing that, uh, you're going to give yourself a better chance to win a Von Miller uh, jersey from Mile High Huddle. So keep up at it. And uh, yeah, let's keep on keeping on. Uh, Carl, what do you think here about the George Payton and developing a plan for looking at the quarterbacks in next year's draft? I, I, I'd be mad if he wasn't. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think even if one of these guys was like blowing you away here in training camp, still be looking for a quarterback because one, yeah. you're going to be looking for either a backup and saying, Hey, we got to still find a guy that's in those mid round picks that we can maybe develop uh, or have as a backup guy. Because I mean, Rippon's not the guy. I think we're we're seeing that pretty pretty obviously. Teddy Bridgewater probably gone after this season. Uh, so Drew Locke, he's going to be getting his big contracts. You want to keep the quarterback, or if he plays good, I should say. Sorry. Uh, then you know you're going to be looking for a cheaper backup. Those kind of things. So you you should always be scouting the next quarterback class, even if you have a quarterback, just because yeah. you always want to be looking and finding something. The best teams do that. They find guys are able to take a six round guy and flip him for like a third round pick or something like that. that. That's how you can get some really good future capital. Also, you're doing scouting for guys who might be future opponents as mm-hmm. well. Right. So that's, you're just gathering, gathering that data. Um, but based on what the Broncos quarterback situation is right now, uh, you know, you can be in one camp or another. I don't care. We don't know enough right now to be for sure of anybody that they have. So they're going to be doing the work just in case, because we're that far out. Uh, Richie Rich coming in here. Nick Carl, what are your thoughts on the addition of a fullback? <laughs> That's, uh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, Chase um, Weldon is asking the same thing about using a traditional fullback this season. Uh, it's going to be Sauber. Sauber's going have... to be the guy who gets the reps at fullback in my opinion. Yeah. I, I was going to say, Shermer has never really been a big fullback guy. 
usually he would rather have a hybrid fullback tight end kind of player rather than a, a true fullback because I mean it's a roster spot that's used maybe maybe 10% of snaps on offense maybe maybe I mean that, that's like the high end of things if it's going yeah. really really well and so it doesn't surprise me that they have one in training camp because you got 90 roster spots maybe the guy shows himself to be a great special teams player and so then you're thinking maybe we can keep this around he can try to transition to tight end those kind of things but for the most part I, I don't see them making the roster maybe you keep one for practice squad maybe uh, yeah <laughs> right now it looks like Saubert would be the guy Eric Saubert yep. from uh, Drake coming on there Drake Bulldogs Almost Iowa. That's that's the small school there in Iowa. Uh, Andrew Baker coming in here. Here's for all the work Nick puts in. Um, so little. So it must this must be a small star. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but the, I'm at work during Broncos for breakfast, but always listen after MHH for life. Well, I appreciate that, Andrew. That's why we have the uh, podcast uh, YouTube form as well. So uh, what does this mean? Nick the lettuce, bro. Um, I guess I eat <laughs> decently healthy. Is that is that a is that there a you go. marijuana drugs joke? What's going on here? Um, <laughs> but, uh, love you guys. There we go. Kane Dawson coming in here as well. Um, there was one in here that I wanted to get. Oh, uh, Andrew, that's the one I read. Um, okay, Carl. One more game we have coming up here, or one more big game. What are the things that you are taking from that Minnesota game and applying it to the Seattle game that you're really looking forward to since this is going to be the, our chance to talk about it uh, before that game kicks off. Yeah. So big thing, offensive line, do they continue Mm -hmm. that kind of dominance of of really getting that kind of push in the run game? Like it it was, it was fun to watch that Cushionberry wasn't getting a whole lot of push, but we we talked about it in our, our big chat that we have with some guys of, Maybe the Broncos were trying to challenge him of uh, giving that one. He had a lot of one-on-one matchups that you do not see with centers very often in the actual regular season. And he wasn't getting pushed back like he was last year, but I'd like to see him get a little more push beyond that offensive line, man, they were moving people that Javante Williams touchdown that got called back. That was his worst run of the day, honestly, because he, he missed the hole. It, it opened up in the middle. They had those guys pushed back into the end zone except for Cushenberry <laughs> and, and he just had to run forward pretty much and would have yeah. walked in for a touchdown. So you don't even have to worry about holding on the outside. Uh, you know, rookies, they like to bounce it. Sometimes I understand that's just what they did in college, got away with it. NFL, he's got to learn. You can't bounce that. Uh, so some of those kind of things just continue to, to see that happen. Um, defensively, I'd like to see them do a little bit better against the run because I know they're going to play a ton of dime. So that front four, how they handle their assignments and not getting pushed back, because otherwise teams are just going to go, you want to play dime? We're going to run all day. Thanks. We're going to pick up five yards of carry. We're going to run. We're going to wear down your defense <laughs> and uh, you're just not going to be happy about it. It's going to be a boring game, but we're going to win. And uh, so I, I just want to see them do a little bit better of holding that line of scrimmage. Yeah, that's a big one for me. Um, I guess the big thing I'm looking for in this game is there's no way in bleeping hell that these quarterbacks are going to be as protected as they were in that Vikings game, right? We saw from pro football focus, the Broncos had the number one highest rated pass uh, blocking unit or game um, out of all the teams last week. That's not going to happen. That's just not sustainable. That's an unfair expectation as well. Like, right. Like we can't function unless we have the best offensive line every single week. 
It's not going to happen. Um, so I'm looking for to see how these quarterbacks perform when, when it's a little bit muddier, when uh, they have a little bit more pressure. Um, another one that I'm looking forward to this week, and I'm not sure if he's going to play or not. I, I'm hoping he does, but there's been a lot of hype about Draymond Jones this off season. And that has me giddy because Carl, since the first podcast we've had together, I've been screaming for a stud interior defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not as much on that train since uh, the 2019 draft when it was such a good draft and the last two have not been as good in that regard. But uh, if Draymond Jones can be, you know, an eight to nine sack guy and more important getting pressures, winning his one-on-ones consistent consistently with the back seven, the Broncos have with the edge rushing talent they have uh, this defense could be quite frankly special. And I'm afraid to throw words out like that out because you know, specials, it's supposed to be rare, right? If every single year there's a special defense or a special talent, it wouldn't be special. Um, But if Draymond Jones can become a top five to 10 interior pass rusher with this unit this year, and maybe even top 15, given how people have been talking about him this year, that would be game changer for this Broncos defense. It would just add uh, synergy to the whole unit. Um, Three guys who can win one-on-ones constantly. You only have to rush four and you're getting pressure constantly. I mean, we saw what happened in the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes ran for his life because they were getting pressure with four and he had nowhere to go with the ball. Uh, And when he did, the defense closed in because they were keeping seven guys back and rallying to the football. So if Draymond Jones can be that dude this year, look out. This defense really could be special. Um, So I'm really looking forward to seeing him. I got 93 circled. I'm I'm all eyes. Well, speaking of Mahomes, we have John Houston coming in here with the 499 Super Chat. He says, even with a Mahomes, you should always scout quarterbacks. 90s Packers. Mm Where we're a fat quarterback factory with Favre and always flipped low draft quarterbacks for higher picks. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, again, that, that's what I'm saying is that they are your lottery pick. Uh, even those late round guys, if you can flip them and turn them into something a little bit more, that, that's a great investment on your value. You get a couple years of of really cheap quarterback play, and if they look good in preseason during their their couple times of going out there and playing, man, somebody's going to overpay for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the Packers. Uh, they had a quarterback that played one game in the regular season and did it did great. I think through like four touchdowns and then Seattle paid him big money and yeah. then he didn't even play for them. So <laughs> yeah, it, it, that's the, the kind of thing that you can always take a chance on. It's worth taking your chance on, you know, quarterbacks rarely lose their value. They're, they're the one position that doesn't lose value as time goes on. Unless your name is Josh Rosen. Uh, but uh, that's, that's another one. Um, let's not talk about Josh. Um, Brian Greenfield coming in saying, uh, what's up, guys? Got him late. Work has been insane. Well, Brian, you know, you're on time, to, in my opinion. And thank you so much for the generous uh, super chat there, the $10 over on YouTube. Um, thanks so much. Yeah, people talking about it was Matt Flynn, Carl, yep. if you were uh, struggling with that name. Um, Matt Flynn, who uh, went to LSU, I think. Um, can't remember the top. I think it was an LSU quarterback. Always takes me back to the college guys when I first watch them. Um, so, okay, you're talking about the offensive line um, getting a push, whatnot. Are you expecting another performance from um, Javante Williams like we saw last week? Because I'll be honest. I mean, how they talked about him in camp, it sounded like, okay, Javante Williams is going to be fine. Um, but I did not expect him to come out of the gate like he did in that Vikings game where it's like, oh, my gosh, that's exactly what you're going for. And that on contract for four seasons, please. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it, it's hard to tell because, yeah, practice, they can't, they don't want to hit as much. They don't want to take yeah. them down to the ground, all those kind of things. So it's just, it, it's always hard to really judge how good or bad the run game is going to be. Yeah. And it was tough listening to those Minnesota reports of that they were dominating the Broncos offensive line and getting into the backfield, shutting down the run game. And, and so then to go see them go out there and perform like they did, it, it was a little bit shocking. 
And Javante yeah. Williams, yeah, he was looking like the guy that was a high second round pick kind of player. And so it's very exciting. Uh, it's very exciting to think of him and Gordon both being able to be on the field. Not, I don't think they'll be on the field at the same time, but I mean, you step one in, you still got a great run game. And mm-hmm. uh, the Broncos are going to lean heavy into that, obviously. Then the play action offense, uh, it doesn't really matter who the quarterback is. That, that's going to be the case for either of them. And so, yeah, I, I was very excited about his performance. A lot of the rookies, very excited about what they showed in that first game. A lot of them did not look lost. A lot of them looked very aggressive coming downhill, making plays. It just, it was, it was a lot of fun to see that happen. Cause usually it's kind of like, oh my gosh, that rookie was so out of position. I mean, we saw it with the Vikings when they were on defense, their rookies were so out of position. Wide receivers were running wide open on a lot of those plays. And uh, that's what we've seen in the past with the Broncos. Not this game. Dude, KJ Hamlerhive. Haven't even talked about him with you yet. I, you know how excited I was about that. Uh, getting our own little T.Y. Hilton in that offense. And uh, all it takes is one play when you got a guy like that. And that can change the entire momentum of the game. And when you're playing with the lead, that means you're going to probably be a little bit more effective rushing the football, getting after the passer. Um, so home run hitter, been screaming for that for years. Thank God. Let's just stay healthy. I'm roughing the passer coming in here with a good question. Uh, how's Kyle Fuller doing? I don't hear anything about him, and I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, I think there's multi-factors here. Number one being um, all eyes are on the first-round pick. If When cornerback reps are happening, people are watching PS2. Yep. I've seen a couple plays where Kyle Fuller got beat, but he's also going against great receivers most of the time. Uh, otherwise, the, they do seem to be leaving him one-on-one a lot. Yeah. I think you're going to see him in a ton of man coverage this year. And they, they seem to trust him with that kind of thing. So uh, I think he's doing fine. It, most mm-hmm. of the time with cornerbacks, you don't hear their name. It's a good thing. It means they've shut down their side of the field. Quarterbacks are not challenging them. Uh, I mean, th- there was that one season where Champ Bailey was only thrown at like 30 times for the entire season. Mm-hmm. And I think he had 10 interceptions still. But but it still just shows like a lot of times when you get that shut down cornerback, they're just doing so well that, yeah, it, it gets boring. But all right. Well, we got uh, Brian Greenfield coming in here saying, uh, do you guys feel this year's defense could be overhyped? I myself am wondering for sure. Um, It's definitely possible because that's something that – us being as close to this as we are and the fan base being as close as they are. Um, almost the defense has to be great. Um, so people are pu- putting their hopes in that. Uh, so I think that while this linebacking group is solid, I don't know if they have any true difference makers in there. Um, so that's something that does could be an issue. Um, the one, the biggest thing though is uh, how good's Von Miller going to be coming off that injury and uh, can Bradley Chubb stay healthy. If those two guys are playing like we all hope they can, this defense could be pretty darn special, but really the, those two edge rushers, man, there's enough questions surrounding them that it, it offers a, uh, a decently wide range of what this defense could be. Now I still think like, even if they're just okay this year for their standards, it's a top 10 unit. Um, but them being great is enough to push them to uh, all the way to the number one unit in football. In my yeah. opinion. I, I always think back to that 2013 season where obviously everybody's paying attention to the Broncos offense, <clears throat> but you had, Von Miller got suspended for the first part of the season and the defense was, was terrible. They had a few injuries, just there wasn't the talent. Well, Von Miller comes back for a few games. Well, in that, that stretch of games that Von Miller was in there, 
they went from bottom 10 defense to, to top 10 defense. And then he yeah. gets hurt and they go back to bottom 10 defense. And, and so it just kind of shows sometimes those injuries, man, it, it could be just one or two that could be the difference between being great and, and just being a forgotten unit. Yeah. I mean, you have to win a Super Bowl and you have to capitalize on your one season as an elite defense. Otherwise, you're forgotten. I mean, there would be talk to this day probably about that. What was the Jags defense in 2017 or 18, mm-hmm. you know, Saxonville. Um, and if they wrote that all the way to the Super Bowl, people are like, oh, one of the best defenses ever. Blah Because they got lucky enough in the string of games uh, in single elimination to win a Super Bowl. Um, but you have that one season, then it's odds are likely massive regression. Back to the main uh, enough so that you're picking number one overall and earned it and get Trevor Lawrence. So not a sustainable model uh, in today's NFL, but right. guys, I think that's going to have to do it for us today. I feel like my internet's starting to get a little bit uh, sketchy here and there, dropping a bit, a little bit. Carl's doing the, the doing the robot or, you know, jerking around there. Um, but guys, we appreciate you so much for joining us today. Everyone who joined in, uh, make sure you're dropping those stars uh, for that. Uh, Noah, or excuse me, that Von Miller Jersey. Sorry. I, Brian coming back in here, got me off, uh, off track here saying, uh, I'm worried about Chubb. I'm more worried about Chubb than I am Miller. And I'm still not sold on Judy. Been a critic of him since draft day, Brian, that's, that's your right uh, to be critical and uh, be worrying about that. Um, but you know, I think those guys are going to be good. I don't, it depends on your level of expectations too. If you're expecting Bradley Chubb to come in and be Von Miller, who's likely a first uh, ballot hall of famer, then you might be a little disappointed because mm-hmm. he's not Von Miller. He's very good but he's probably closer to like Ryan Kerrigan than he is Von Miller Um, and Jerry Judy not being sold. Okay. I mean, good in college, but what has he proven in the NFL so far? We're going to find out this season. Right. And I mean, Judy had problems with drops in college Mm -hmm. drops his rookie year. Physicality. Right. Has he cleaned that up? We'll, we'll see. And I said on draft night, Judy wasn't my top choice for the Broncos because I, I didn't think he was a great fit with Drew Locke. I thought mm-hmm. CD lamb was a better fit just because he's got a bigger catch radius and ability to go make those catches in traffic. Like we see with the Cortland Sutton. Um, but I, I mean, I love Judy. I think he is a great player. I just didn't know if the Broncos were the best fit for him and Chubb. Yeah. Those couple injuries, one more ACL tear. I, I, it's hard to see him coming back. Yep. There, there's only so many times you can repair something like that and expect greatness from him. And so I, I don't know what to expect from him. He is, having those injuries mount more and more Von Miller getting older. I mean, his body is those kind of athletes, man, they are so well. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Manufactured kind of thing. I mean, they've done well to tune their body to be as it is, but they also take it to the edge and uh, it doesn't take much to, to tweak something. KJ Handler's same way. That's why you see all these hamstring yeah. injuries continue to show up for all those kind of speedster guys. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, sorry I called you a robot, Carl. That's Richie Rich is offended <laughs> by that one. Um, but thanks, everybody, thanks for joining Rich. us today. It was a lot of fun. Um, always good to talk Broncos ball with you guys. Also good to get Luke on here as well. I'm excited for everything that's coming on down the tracks and excited for Broncos football, right? It's going to be one of the better teams they've had in a little bit and a, a lot of reason for optimism in Denver. Probably the most reason for optimism since that 2015 Super Bowl team. Um, but guys, that's going to do it for us today. Uh, that's been building the Broncos. We'll see you again next Tuesday at uh, six o'clock mountain time. You guys can follow Carl and myself on Twitter, Carl at Carl Dummler MHH and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. 
While you're there, follow us at BTB Football Pod as well as at Mile High Huddle. If you're joining us on Facebook today, thank you for all the thumbs up and the reacts. We started off the show today and it was like, man, where's all the thumbs up, the hearts, whatever. Now it says we're up to 59. So uh, it'd be great if we got 10 more just so I could make the joke before we got on out of here. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll take what I can get. Um, but if you guys are joining us on Facebook today, make sure you go to facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod as well as facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle. Become a supporter. For everyone joining us on YouTube today, please subscribe, like, and share. Uh, that helps us a lot. Um, outside of the donations, the stars, everything like that, uh, joining us on YouTube, subscribing on YouTube, liking on YouTube, sharing our content. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.